This is my apprentice, Garth Maul. Arise, Maul, reborn son of Dathomir. I am surprised you could have forgotten me so easily after I killed your master and you left me for dead on Naboo. It is you. I must have revenge. I challenge you, one warrior to another, and only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. Brother, I am an unworthy apprentice. I'm not like you. I never was. I'm not going to kill you. I have unlimited for you. You seek knowledge. Call me Old Master. Where's Ezra? You mean my apprentice. Embrace your destiny as my apprentice. I told you that is never going to happen. It ends <laughs> a desert planet with twin suns. Kenobi. Kenobi! Will it end here? Like this? Tell me. Is it the Chosen One? He is. He will avenge us. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode number 34. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Brian Seddon, and I am joined by Mr. Chad Viss. Greets. And Brian North. What's up, y'all? So, um, just a disclaimer, Brian is, uh, B-Nob is down with the flu, I think, and uh, he has right. taken some medication. He may fall asleep in the middle of the podcast, which won't be any different from any other podcast that he's done with us. hey and, um, <laughs> But uh, he does have the sniffles, so excuse any uh, sniffling or uh, hacking Vomiting. that you may hear in the background. Vomiting. Cold sweats, although you can't hear that, but uh, we can see it because we, uh, we have some video going on here. But anyway... Uh, but Brian, welcome back. Also, you missed uh, you missed also, last week. I did, I did. So I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row. So nothing was going to hold me back. So I signed. Um, kind of sound like a mixture between Darth Vader and General Grievous tonight, with a little bit of uh, Palpatine in there. Also a little crabby. So prepare for some heated discussions tonight. Yeah. Well, you always huh. sound like C three PO to me, buddy. So <laughs> you sound like R two D two to me. I don't understand a word you're saying. It's a lot of beeps and boos. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's just go ahead and just jump into it. Um, some Last Jedi news this week, um, starting from the top. Carrie Fisher's scenes won't be changed in The Last Jedi. So um, there was uh, some rumors or reports going around a few weeks back that uh, uh, there were reshoots going on with The Last Jedi and that Carrie Fisher scenes were being reshot. But uh, Bob Eager, um, the executive, uh, or Disney chief executive, said uh, she's in episode 8, which we all know. But he said, and we're not changing 8 to deal with her passing. Um, he also said her performance, which we've been really pleased with, remains as it is. So... Chad, what do you think about that, man? That's good, I guess. That means they won't be like writing in a tragic death scene, probably. I suppose not. Um, and I, you know, I do. Is. Yeah, I mean, I do agree. Then that um, we're happy that they're not compromising the story. Although, uh, remains to be seen how they will resolve the situation of her not being in episode 9. What do you think, B-Nob? I think that um, like you just said, that it doesn't compromise the story, which I think is good because Rain Johnson had an intended story to tell and now he doesn't have to change any story arcs or any characters to fill in her 
in her absence or try to jimmy rig um, a good send out for her because I think she deserves that but I think her just doing the work that she did is a good send off for her so I'm interested to see how they're going to do that but I think it's better to have her just finish off her work and then have it explain away in the next movie than him try to switch around the story that they intended to memorize I don't even know if I'm saying that right make like you don't want to make the end of the movie like this big princess Leia memorial you just want to make sure that it just sticks to the story and it's not you know it's not just focused at all about her at the end. They didn't even do that to Han Solo, I don't think. They they just had the story play out, and his death didn't really make it. They didn't really make a big deal out of it. There was one scene, but it wasn't like a big, like, oh, remember those times with Han, and a big Han, you know, send-off. You know, a lot of TV shows do that now. They drag out, like, a character. They have to have, like, all the flashbacks and make it this big emotional thing. But they just kind of cut to the chase and keep the story the story and not focus in on one character just for the sake of honoring them. Sorry, I have a lot to catch up, folks. I was gone a week, so you're going to hear me ramble. <laughs> All right, no, good stuff. So, um, but yeah, I guess I guess, uh, I guess, guess it's encouraging news. Um, and some more uh, Last Jedi news. Uh, there's some familiar planets rumored to be in The Last Jedi, which are Tatooine, Endor and Mustafar. So, just talking about those three planets, um, what sticks out to me, or maybe I should ask you guys first, Chad, what sticks out to you about those three? Let's see if you kind of get the same picture that I'm getting with those. The forest moon of Endor isn't on here. Endor, we've never really been on Endor itself. Well, so yeah, well, I don't know if they mean moon of Endor or Endor. So, okay, assume. point. Point made. Sorry, uh, Mustafar obviously is a big okay. one. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the forest planet is just a moon of Endor, and it's not really Endor. I'm pretty sure that's how it's described in Return of yeah, the Jedi. Yeah, it's called. It's called the forest, forest moon, moon of Endor. Brian, I was just having a revelation. <laughs> well, look it up, Beanob. Look it up while I while I tell you this. Here's what I what I thought about that. Is, so you think about Tatooine. This is where the birthplace of Anakin Skywalker. Uh, uh-huh. Mustafar is where he becomes Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, right. Well, at least I shouldn't say becomes, but where he, you know, um, fully succumbs to the dark side. Um, and then uh, uh, Endor is where he, although he dies on the Death Star... You know, he's, uh, well, again, we don't know if it's burnt. the moon or not, but his, his memorial or his funeral yeah. his pyre. is on uh, that planet. So each of those planets have uh, significance with Darth Vader in one way or another. So, you know, we don't Maybe know if this Maybe Darth Vader was the last Jedi. Anakin Skywalker was the last Jedi. Maybe no. Luke never never was able to do all the training needed to actually no, he become says, one. He says he's a Jedi. Oh, he says. Well, he says. But didn't Yoda say once you kill Vader, then you'll be a Jedi? Did he say that? I don't remember. He never really <laughs> killed him. <laughs> he did. No, uh, I, when he... Or he if didn't. he confronts Vader. But yeah. When he confronts Vader. I'm not being serious with that statement. I'm just... Like that thought popped into my head. All these well, so no, but I think you're going to see more of. I think we may see Kylo Ren go to these planets, maybe to collect more uh, Vader gear or souvenirs, (laughs) or maybe they're through some flashback scenes, or maybe it's Luke going to these for some reason. Um, So do you think? Interesting. Are we going to get nonetheless more of Vader's castle? Yes, so, and that is the other piece in the, uh, again, this is rumor, but uh, on Mustafar, we're supposed to see Vader's castle, which you would assume Kylo Ren would make an appearance there. That's pretty cool, because that was awesome. Yeah. Um, Also, those planets, every single one of those planets is like a key planet throughout the, uh, the, 
the beginning, middle, and end of the original sh- saga before the Force Awakens added on. So, uh, so interesting. We'll see if it pans out. Um, a little bit of uh, more Star Wars news here. Uh, Bob Eager also said that um, Star Wars won't come to an end after Episode Nine, which is going to be released in 2019. Um, he see, he says that there could in fact be as much as 15 years worth of story in the back pocket. Um, he said we're starting to talk about what could happen after Episode Nine. We got a creative team actually thinking about what could be another decade and a half of Star Wars stories. Hence the 15 years. It's kind of mind-blowing spending an afternoon with a creative team thinking about that. So, can you imagine being having being on that that panel and being able to like talk about that? Oh yeah, no. I had the same thought. I was watching uh, Rebels Recon with um, about you know this last episode, the Twin Sons, and you know it was Dave Fioni and and I can't remember who the other person was, but they're just sitting there like planning out Darth Maul's death, like. <laughs> you know, to be able to impact the Star Wars storyline like that is is yeah. a, it's insane. Fun. It's a dream job. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's cool. So fifteen years at least. Um, does that you know, we'll, it'll, no, I don't. Uh, I just I just wonder what it'll be. I mean, so. You know, if episode nine is if that's the end of the saga, will they start a new saga or just continue Star Wars stories? You know what I mean? The way it sounds with what he's saying is that he's talking about the the numbered episodes, not the individual stories. So well, I'm going to assume it's going to continue more numbers. And I mean, you know, very cynically, it doesn't surprise me just because as long as it continues to make make the billions that it makes, they'd be retarded to stop you know what i mean it, it would be crazy to not just keep making them but i just want i to agree i'm all for it i support it 100 percent. right and they've been coming out with one at least a year unless they bump it up to two that's another 15 movies after episode nine which is like the that's right around the size that the marvel cinematic universe is right now yeah. so imagine that those many movies but in the Star Wars universe, so when it's all said and done, I mean, if you add the if you add the Han Solo movie and Rogue One, you have eleven. So you're looking at around like almost thirty movies to be working with, plus TV series. It's huge. Huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um. So Bob Eager also made some other news. So moving away from the Last Jedi onto some Han Solo news, uh, Eager also said um, about Han Solo. We're shooting now an, an origin story of Han Solo, which will come out in 2018. He said it picks up when Han Solo is 18 years old and takes us to when he is 24. Um, in that time frame, he acquires uh, the Falcon, meets uh, Chewbacca, and he also says that we'll discover how he got his name. Um, so that has people a buzz. Uh, I always thought his name was Han Solo. Maybe that's just a smuggling code name. What if? Okay, here's my thought, and it could be just the just this statement could just be the point of how his name like became famous, how he earned his name, Han Solo, his reputation, and it was. right? But what if? He joins the Imperial Navy or the Empire, you know, as a lot of people did, as we've read in some of the books and we've talked about, that that was like the exciting thing to do, to join join the, the Imperial Army and to be part of something huge and to to help all these planets that need the help um, because that's the, the face of the Empire at the beginning. So say he joins the Empire trying to just, because he's, you know, he's that got the same personality he does now. He's going to be a great pilot, um, and that's his plan. He gets in, he goes through all the boot camps, starts things up, and it's not what he expected it to be. Um, not what he wanted, either because they're bad or just because he's restless and doesn't like rules. And he just leaves. He goes AWOL, or he does something where he just he ruins something and he's got to run, and he has to change his name to 
you know, hide and stay away from the Empire. And so maybe his name is always Han, but maybe he has to change his last name to Solo. And it was something before his natural given name. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good plot. Uh, <clears throat> think it could have anything to do with him being an orphan and maybe, you know, maybe he didn't even know what his name was. And sure. So, yeah, that could be too. Know. He made, created mm-hmm. his own persona. Right. I, I really like the, uh, the Imperial Academy storyline because I think that was a missed opportunity that they missed in the Clone Wars and the prequels was, and you know, first off you have droids versus clone troopers, which is like, uh, there's no like real angst or no real threat there because you don't connect with any of them uh, on an emotional level in the prequels because it's pretty much these clones that they're just creating fighting droids. And I think that the cool part, and I did this a little bit with Finn in The Force Awakens, was that when you become a stormtrooper, everybody's got the same uniforms, the same masks. You've got to continue to keep your mask on. And it's kind of like they strip you of your identity. You know, Finn didn't even have an identity when they found him. He was F, he was a number. He was a couple of letters and a number. He didn't even have a name right. when we met him. And they kind of strip you of your identity. So I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity mix because you have these guys that are, you know, regular people throughout the galaxy who are forced to just become a nameless. You just put on this white this white helmet and suddenly you're this pawn in this big galactic empire and you have no identity. And I think that'd be a cool avenue to face with Han Solo was Han Solo it wants to make his own identity and he doesn't want to be just one of the part of the crowd and he defects just like sure. Finn did, but um, and, and then comes goes solo pretty yeah. much, <laughs> and and find his own crew and and does ha, has to stick it to the man and go against the system, which is the core of what Han Solo is all about. So I think that as an origin story for him going against the system, kind of sticking it to the man, mm-hmm. going rogue and want to be a, a smuggler is is a perfect origin yeah, story. Yeah, that's him. that's cool. Well, I guess we'll yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, Do you think? Chad, you had um, yeah. go ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you think we'll find out uh, Chewbacca's life debt, how that came about? Because we've all, you know, we've oh, yeah. we've all heard and seen that, you know, the reason Chewbacca is with Han all this time, and now we know he has a family or had a family on Kashyyyk. Assumedly, we'll find out why. You know, if we find out how they met, we're gonna find out why he owes Han his life. Which is yeah, cool. I mean, from what I understood, it was a, he he broke him out of prison or something. Yeah, but that's all um, legends now. That's not canon. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah. So we'll see. But I imagine they'd have to show that. They'd have to show that first initial meeting between the two. So, um, and explain the life debt without a doubt. Um, right. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. I mean, I would imagine you'd see. You know, that introduction. I would hope the first introduction with him in Java, and then the introduction with him in Lando, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of firsts. So. Yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to. Uh, oh, Chad, um, you said keeping with the Han Solo theme, um, Woody Harrelson, I think, revealed the name of his character. Was yeah, that? I I owe Benam an apology, and we need to write a retraction um, for our podcast website that's I'm sure up and running. Um, Woody Harrelson. Huh. No, Chad, I owe you. I owe you an apology. Woody Harrelson was on the Late Show with uh, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy held up the photo of the whole crew on the Millennium Falcon, and then asked him if he could say who he was playing. And he's like, "Yeah, I guess I can say I'm playing Beckett, who is Han, like a criminal character and Han Solo's mentor. So not Garrus so. Shrike, and." It's probably a brand new character called Beckett. A uh, couple things with that. Number one, amazing things happen on, the, <laughs> on Jimmy Fallon. And uh, we'll save that for another day. Number two, number two, I, I accept that apology, Chad. And I, extend an, and I extend an apology to you. For those that weren't around, I was a little snappy uh, before the podcast. So I make a public apology to Chad for being snappy on him before the podcast. And number three, <laughs> and number three, 
Uh, I, I have to think about what number three was. <laughs> oh my God, the medicine's kicking in. <laughs> the medicine's kicking, kicking in. in. And I'm playing. Four. I'm playing. Number three is that the <laughs> number three. <laughs> number three. They they are gonna they are going to base a lot of characters on uh, expanded universe characters but not use the names. I think they've used a little bit of that, but I don't think they'll go sure. as that directly. I think the only time that they'll stick it to it is when they have characters like Thrawn who are such a fan favorite that you can't really mess with it. If you try to come up with something like Thrawn but isn't Thrawn, people are just yeah. going to get mad. But I never heard of that, whatever that guy's name was, yeah. whatever we thought his name was, Chad. Um, I never heard of that until... Until he said, "Oh, he's Han Solo's mentor." I had no idea Han Solo right. had a mentor. Beckett, he like he so. runs a uh, a baseball uh, <laughs> pricing guide, baseball card. In the nineties, when it actually guide. mattered. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, no, that's cool. right, well, that's well, cool. I don't even get that reference. Okay, young guy. <laughs> yeah. He was he was collecting uh, pogs or something. <laughs> Pokemon cards. So. Yeah. Pokemon cards. Pokemon. Right. Yeah. Um. All right, let's jump into uh, Rebels recap. Um, last week was the big episode, uh, Twin Sons. Um, just to do a quick recap of it um, for everybody. Obviously, you know the whole season was building up to this this episode, in my estimation. But um, again, there's still two more: uh, Zero Hour Part One and Zero Hour Part Two. But um, Twin Sons was our first. Uh, showing of obi-wan in an episode of rebels um so you know it starts out with ezra um getting the uh that holocron message of obi-wan you know talking about the uh how the jedi have fallen and the republic has fallen um ezra goes to tatooine um to save obi-wan from kenobi i'm sorry to save obi-wan from maul um because uh he realizes that maul is going to be on the planet uh, but Maul actually is behind that. He wants uh, Ezra to go to the planet to draw out Obi-Wan um, because he can't find him. And then uh, so Ezra goes, Chopper sneaks away with him. Um, they, uh, they land. We get to see some Tusken Raiders, some sand people attack Ezra. Um, very, very good. Um Ezra and Chopper set off across the desert looking for Obi-Wan. Um, Chopper shuts down. They're in sandstorms, and it's uh, two suns, so you can imagine how hot it is. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Chopper shuts down. Ezra um, gets uh, some uh, visions of Maul and then um, telling him basically that he's failed, telling Ezra that he's failed, but then Ezra passes out. Um, he wakes up to find Obi-Wan Kenobi has rescued him and Chopper. Ezra tries to warn uh, Obi-Wan that Maul is after him. He asks him to help the rebellion. And then we see uh, Obi-Wan refuse and says that he has no intention of fighting Maul, um, though it's inevitable. And Maul um, finds them. And uh, Obi-Wan sends Ezra off to, um, to safety. And then Maul and Kenobi fight. And uh, after the fight, uh, they exchange some words, which we'll talk about. And then uh, Ezra um, flies back to uh, to their base on Maul's ship and uh, tells them that Maul's died. And, um, and then we get to see Obi-Wan looking over Luke Skywalker on their farm. Did I miss anything? Nope, that's it. That was a good recap, scene by scene. Yeah, so the uh, the fight scene, though, at the end of the fight scene, so obviously Darth Maul dies, and we'll break that down, but um, at the end of it, um, uh, you know, Maul, asks, Maul realizes that Obi-Wan is there for a reason and that he's watching over something or someone. And um, then after the battle, after Maul is, well, while Maul is dying, he says, is, is it the chosen one? Um, so anyways, let me hear your guys' uh, thoughts on, on the fight and any, you know, I think that was the main part of the episode. And then, uh, you know, your, your feelings on, did you like the fight? Did you not like the fight? Um, what'd you think about, 
their conversation at the end. What do you think about the episode? Beat on you can go first because I'm sure it's going to take a while. So. <laughs> no, he has a good he has a good uh, good breakdown that he did in the text thread. So I think he should go first. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Beat on. Okay, here's a few things. Number one about this episode. This episode was a very good episode to I me. Mean, probably one of my favorite Rebels episodes of all time. I'll even put it that way. And just because it, it it shows how powerful the animated show is, okay? People might write it off and say, "Oh, that's a kid show." I did that for Rebels season one. And I had, and the only t- I caught up on Rebels because I watched one episode on a Southwest flight going to New York, and that's what got me going on Rebels because when I first saw commercials for it, I thought it was a lot more kiddish than Clone Wars was, so I kind of deterred away from it halfway through the first season, and then I picked up on it. But this episode, though, proves that, you know, as a hardcore Star Wars fan, you can enjoy Rebels because of a few things. Number one, uh, I'll I'll tell you my negative first. My negative, the only thing negative was I felt that Maul, yes, it may have been his time to go because now we're all, all the way getting close up to A New Hope, so you have to let Maul go. The only issue with letting Maul go is because uh, he's kind of been in and out this season, and I felt like the only reason that they had the whole holocron thing with him and Ezra was to get to this moment and to and to keep fans interested and the payout for him seducing Ezra to the dark side that was kind of like forgotten about and kind of pushed to the back burner and I felt like that storyline of Ezra going to the dark side and, and and feeding onto the dark side of the force wasn't really hashed out as much as I thought it was going to be this season maybe I had too big of expectations you know he even says well i'll talk to you later apprentice you know when he's about to leave when ezra leaves and goes and it leaves him so i felt like that storyline of ezra leaning to go to the dark side was a little bit unfinished um also i felt like they could have got which i do with a lot of rebels episodes it's 22 minutes and i feel like uh some episodes and and with this one in particular it, it, it they get they they spend about 16 minutes it's about a 22 minute episode after commercials and they spend about probably 12 uh, to 14 minutes of the show setting things up and then you get the payoff in the last eight minutes when if it's a 30 minute episode which ends up being 22 minutes you need to cut to the chase pretty quick which I feel like some rebels episodes drag their feet a little bit and then you get the payout at, in, in like the last five minutes. Um, so I felt like it was dragged out. Another thing, when uh, Ezra was walking through the desert and, and you had that moment when you saw both those suns, like Brian mentioned, how hot it was. For some, how they did that shot in the animation, but it was the first time that I felt like, man, Tatooine has to be hot. I felt like his excruciating heat more in an animated show than I watch, and then in any of the prequels or the original uh, series showed the actual heat of how hot it could be with two suns on you at one time and how draining and dehydrating that is. And I felt like they did a good job of exposing that to the fans. Now, to the fight. This fight, and Dave Fioni uh, agrees with me here because I read the article after I sent the text with these guys. And that was, this fight is the complete opposite of the fight in Episode 1. And that's probably the only reason that I like it. Episode 1 is is two guys pulling out all their stops, uh, being as fancy as possible. One guy is just a hardcore Sith who's just passionate. And that's where Darth Maul was. And Obi-Wan was a young guy who was very upset because his master just got cut down right in front of him. And there was nothing he could do about it. He was taking this guy down no matter what. Now in this one, you see Darth Maul in a completely different place where he has had his own master and everybody else in his entire life, uh, you know, kind of kick him to the curb. And he's in a desperate moment and he's come to the end because, you know, it's the the only way of any redemption for him to his pride is to cut down and take the guy that took his legs, which is Obi Wan. So he's going after that. On Obi-Wan's side, though, Obi-Wan is completely different from where we left off. He seems like he's been enlightened. He pulls his punches. He's 
there for a purpose. He doesn't want to fight uh, unless he has to. He's just kind of on a different level as a Jedi Master now. Um, he's kind of above all that. And Maul approaches him as if he was... Maul approaches him a real aggressive like he did, and Obi-Wan just wipes him out real fast. So I think... And then seeing at the end, it was just seeing that death moment where he says, well, I hope we both get avenged. In that dying moment, Maul realizes that he he has a friend in Obi-Wan because him and Obi-Wan are, yes, they're complete two opposite sides of the spectrum, but they're, they were both used by this system, by Palpatine. They were both pawns in this big system that neither of them knew about. And they they both they were both used, and they're both in that. And now they're in the desert alone. And they he both gets that moment to realize that Obi Wan was wronged as much as he was, and he hopes that both of them get avenged for the nonsense that was a waste of their life. So I thought it was a pretty powerful moment between two characters that hate each other. I thought it, you know as as Maul. Oh, Episode one only shows Mauls as a great aggressive kind of attack dog for the Emperor or Palpatine, Darth Sidious, whatever you want to call him. And I felt in that moment it, it kind of humanizes him to say, you know, I, you know, it's he's not just this attack dog. He he wants to be avenged. He wants, he wants that name. He he wants something, and he never had it, and he just gets cut down in the end. So, putting Brian and Chad to sleep in my rant. No, that's good. But I am done. It's- that's good. I I agree. I think <clears throat> one of the first things I notice, like in the fights, when it comes up to where Obi Wan is introduced in the episode, which is what we've are we're all waiting for, um, the guy that voiced him was fantastic. It sounded so much like Alec Guinness. Yes, very. And you and McGregor kind of combined. Um, it was spot on with with sounding older, but not quite as aged as he is in the film but to the point that he didn't sound like the clone wars obi-wan he was definitely a lot you know more advanced in age so i thought that was real good um one thing that i think people miss out if they don't watch the clone wars is darth maul's you know some of his character and who he is if you go from just seeing him in episode one and seeing that fight and who he is there and then to this ep- to this episode in, or this season of Rebels, um, you know you don't realize that Maul and Obi Wan have fought more than just in Episode One. Uh, they battled it out a couple times um, on Mandalore um, and other places too. So you see, oh, and in either of both of those battles and all the battles they had bef- after Episode One before this one, um, it kind of is a standstill. Neither one of them win. Um, Maul is still who he is and kind of in his prime. Obi-Wan is definitely advanced a lot more than he was as a Padawan in Episode 1, but neither one of them gets the best of each other. Um, But you get to see Maul grow and become not just... I mean, he ends up fighting Palpatine and wanting to kill Palpatine in one episode as well. He's defeated, um, but his anger for... The Jedi is equaled with his anger for the Sith at this point in this episode because of, like being upset, everyone has discarded him. They've upgraded to the newer model um, and from the Palpatine's perspective and just forgot about him from the Jedi's perspective. They didn't care. Um, and he's just, he's mad at everyone. And he's trying to save face. Again, like being upset, says, if he can defeat Obi-Wan, then he feels like finally I've been able to do something and kind of gain some respect back for myself. Um, but then when he does end up being killed, like I was actually surprised it was over as quickly as it was. B- Brian had uh, texted the night of, I think, and said, that was disappointing, and I hadn't been able to see it, see it yet. I was like, okay, well, maybe it just didn't live up to the hype. You know, it was probably still good. And then I watch it, and it's literally like, they light their lightsabers, they go at each other one time, and he's dead. Like, within one strike. It's like he cuts his sabers in half and at the same time kills him. It's like you almost miss it, him actually killing Maul. Um, and then for him to fall back kind of into Obi-Wan's arms, and then to say, you know, 
he'll help me. Hopefully, he'll avenge both of us. Meaning, I took as just take down the system, take down Palpatine, take down if he is the chosen one. Indeed, he can avenge you with all the Jedi that were killed and backstabbed, and he can avenge me for being left to rot. Um, you know, as a crazy person where his brother finds him back in the Clone Wars. So, a good episode overall. I can understand the disappointment in the actual battle as short as it was. Um, but I think if they draw it out any longer and make a big, huge lightsaber battle, it, it, it definitely diminishes that Obi-Wan is super powerful and is in control and far beyond who he was before. Right, just a couple more things. Cause well, hang on. I'm can, telling can you, I, folks, can if, I go? You, if, if me, you have not I, seen this, you I need go? to watch can it. Can I go? Can I go now? Yes, please. Right. Yes, Sorry, please. I've been chopping at the <laughs> bit here. So, all right. So, uh, first thing on on the whole mall and kind of where he's at in his head, you know, um, he's he's a man without a purpose uh, anymore. He, you know, um, he thought he was going to be the Emperor's right-hand man, and that didn't happen. Um, Obi-Wan cut him in half and, uh, he was easily replaced by Vader, probably realized that that was the plan all along. And, um, from that point forward, he served no purpose. And I find, I did find it interesting that, you know, he chose to, as he's searching for purpose, he kind of chose to go back to the guy that started everything falling apart for him. In other words, when Obi-Wan cut him in half, that was the beginning of the end of Darth Maul. Um, as far as his purpose. So, um, so I thought that was interesting. And and in contrast, you have Obi-Wan who his purpose is to watch over Luke and that's his purpose now. And, um, uh, you know, so, so Obi-Wan still has a purpose while Maul has none. Um, which that's a dangerous person when they, when they have no purpose, they have no, nothing guiding them. Um, but anyway, so so I thought that was interesting. The um, I'll give you my first reaction when I saw it, okay? Because I have a different reaction now. When I first saw the fight, I was disappointed because it was so quick. And my disappointment was they built this up over the entire season. And, you know, I really thought we were going to see something. Because we all knew Maul was going to die. And I thought it was going to be something kind of epic. Mm-hmm where it was not um now that was my initial feeling now afterwards i've had you know obviously a, a few days to digest it and then also read some of what dave fioni has said to is their thought process um i'm okay with it now and one of the things i i saw that he said is um when you look at samurais and great sword fighters one of the things they've always say about great sword fighters is a real sword fight between two great sword fighters is not going to last very long. Um, and so these are two individuals, Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, who obviously are great lightsaber fighters or sword fighters who are seasoned um, and are mature. And um, so to be realistic, it, it shouldn't last very long. Um, the, uh, the other thing that I kind of thought of this on my own, you almost couldn't have Obi-Wan do too much in a lightsaber battle at this age because he's, he's basically Alec Guinness at this point you know old Obi-Wan because how do you take that old Obi-Wan and put him in a new hope if you know just a couple years before or shortly before he's killing Maul in an epic fashion um, so that kind of made me feel a little bit better about it and one cool thing I will note that I did not realize till I watched Rebels Recon. Um, when Darth Maul goes in and he, um, you know, and Obi-Wan delivers the fatal blow, if you look, that move that Darth Maul's doing where he brings up the lightsaber, the hilt, and he's trying to hit Obi-Wan in the head or in the chin or the face. And yeah, that's exactly the same yeah. move that he used to kill Qui Gon with. Huh. And Obi-Wan obviously knew that move, and he cut right through the uh, the hilt and then obviously down and uh, cut him cut him mortally. But, um, but anyways, that was cool. Something I never even picked up on, um, but that's kind of a cool, you know, nod to, to Qui-Gon and 
Obi-Wan kind of learning from watching. Um, so anyway, I am still a little disappointed that um, of the build-up and, and how it kind of played out. I wish, I do in some ways wish I would have seen a little bit more, but uh, I'm okay with it. And I do agree with B-Nob about uh, the whole Ezra going to the dark side deal. I guess that's done. Um, so there goes everybody's theories about Ezra falling to the dark side because I don't know how it would happen now if he doesn't have somebody pulling him to the dark side. Um, right, unless Vader or somebody picks up the pieces. Yeah. It was interesting that so. Obi-Wan knew Ezra's name. He knew who he was. He, he called When he woke up, he called him Ezra Bridger, asked him why he was there. Yeah, I just think that Obi-Wan's very in tune with the Force. And the Force told him his name? Hmm. Yeah, I just think he's very in tune with the Force. I think it was Chopper. I think, it, I think to be honest with you, all the stuff that they've been putting out, number one, let me just say this, because we don't really notice this, but Obi-Wan is an old man, right? I noticed that. We understand that. Right, we notice that because you see the you see the white hair. But one person you don't notice that about, and you and you don't really think about it, is that Darth Maul is an old man. Sure, Darth Maul is probably Darth Maul was probably, you know, he was probably, you know, pretty. Well, he's an alien race, uh, so he's maybe years aren't exactly the same, but he's definitely been around a lot longer than most. Yeah, I mean, his horns weren't as white as they used to be. Kind of yellowish, probably. <laughs> I'm just making a joke. What the race is, is a Zybek or Zybrek is his race? I can't remember yes. the exact name. So, did you... But, uh, I think I think we're losing, oh. Brian. You there, buddy? No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Another thing was, is that... Um, hold on one moment. I'm trying to think of this statement through. Another big thing for me was was that he pulls his punches. You know, every move that he made in that lightsaber fight was was meant to happen. It wasn't just him swinging around his lightsaber like against Anakin in Episode Three. I mean, and I think that adds so much more to the fight with him and Darth Vader is because, like you said, a, a a lightsaber fight with two skilled uh, sword fighters like that it doesn't last very long. And when he meets back up with Vader, it's not that they're old, both old men. It's that they have to they have to make it's like a chess game. You make one small move, and this guy's going to cut you down. So when him and Vader are fighting on the Death Star, it's it's more of like a it's more of like a chess game. You know, it's it's they're they're picking their they're picking their attacks very precisely. Because one small, one small move, and it's going to be all over with. And it wasn't until Obi-Wan decides and says, you know, I'm ready for you to cut me down and lifts his lightsaber up, you know, that that he, you know, that Darth Vader takes him out. But it was more of like him becoming one with the Force. But, you know, it adds more to that fight where it's not, okay, it's not this big extravagant fight. It's just two great swordsmen that are kind of, you know they they have to play each other like that, or or if you make one small slip up, the other guy's gonna take you out. So you got to be very precise. So I think everything that they're doing, you know, I trust those guys. They they are gonna come up with creative stuff that's gonna uh, that that's gonna make more to the story. They they think this stuff out all day long. So I thought that was very good. Another re another thing too, and I'll say this the last thing, just because I thought it was just a great episode. That's why I keep going on about it, but. It shows the complete contrast between a, a, a Sith and a Jedi because you see the only reason Darth Maul was there was for himself and it was completely shellfish and he needed to go in and prove something to himself. The only reason that brought Obi-Wan to the fight was it was a selfless act that to protect Luke. Yeah, but I it just shows the complete, complete selflessness of... Because he, he's talking to him. The only reason that he gets real... Darth Maul keeps taunting him, and when he says, "Oh, you're here protecting something or someone," that's what sets Obi Wan off. Right. But as soon I, as he figured out, Marth realized that he he's, you know, too much. I'm cutting you down. Right. No. As soon as he knew Luke was was in danger, that's when he you know decided to fight. But um, 
But, I mean, Maul's not, I mean, is Maul a Sith? I don't think he's a Sith. He, you know, he hates the Sith. He wants the Sith destroyed as well. Right, he hates a, both a, of them. He's a user of he's the dark, dark side. He's a dark side user, correct. But I don't think you would classify him as a, uh, as a Sith. Um, not anymore, anyway. It is interesting that Maul was able to discern why Obi-Wan was there. Because originally he said, it, his, maybe I'll just leave you here. It's more punishment than to actually kill you. And he's like, wait a minute, why are you here? Oh, you're protecting something. Oh, no, wait, you're protecting someone. And, right. you know, he is able to discern, you know, that, that Obi-Wan, there is something else there and someone else there that he's protecting um, was interesting. And then to see when, when Obi-Wan kind of rides off at the end to see Luke from a distance, you hear Aunt Brew call Luke out the... The famous Luke Luke. And then to see this, like, what? It's a silhouette, but a, what, an eight, nine-year-old kid running across the desert? I mean, how old he was looked, he He here? looked small. I mean, it was far away. It was a silhouette. It was far away, and he, he did look It's really not like small. he was 15. You know, I mean, I don't know. We'd have to figure out the timeline and how long between here and A New Hope is. But there's some years there. I don't know if there's quite 10, um, you know, because he's 19 in A New Hope, supposedly. But he's definitely around that 9, 10, 11-year-old age where it's like a kid, you know, running across the desert towards home. I thought that was kind of cool that you got to see that silhouette of we've never seen Luke prior to age 19. Yeah. Do you think that uh, that Luke Luke, do you think they took that right from uh, A New Hope? It sure sounded sounded just like that. Yeah, they definitely did that. Um Anyway, so um, so the next two episodes are uh, are coming out this Saturday, um, zero hour, and uh, basically, if you've seen the previews, it's uh, it's Thrawn finally attacking, um, and uh, and then also again the Reb- the Phoenix Squadron or, or the Rebels are following here. Um, they are part of the the Rebel Alliance now, so we actually get to see kind of what we're used to the the rebellion fighting the empire um so it should be two really good episodes back to back right they're both on the same day um and it'll be interesting to see how it concludes to set up season four which i would assume i mean i don't i'm just know if it's confirmed or not but four would be the last season right I i would assume so yeah so so we'll kind of see where it goes, but um, you know, a couple of interesting notes too about the twin uh, twin sons episode. Originally, they uh, they were going to have Kane in there as well, um, you know, uh, with you know meeting Obi Wan and um, there with Ezra, but they decided to just make it more about Ezra the storyline. So we never. That's another point is you know Kanan never gets to meet up again with Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, which is something we kind of thought would be cool And Ezra to see. doesn't really say anything, at least yet. He hasn't said, like, hey, I ran into Obi-Wan. He just said, Maul's dead. He doesn't say how, yeah. and he doesn't even really know. He just is going to assume, because it's not like he's stuck around to see. Yeah. Boy, and you, and you think about Ezra now. He's We've seen him fly a Y-Wing, uh, an A-Wing. He's got to flow, fly Darth Maul's uh, ship. So he's becoming, you yeah. know, quite the quite the character. Um, see where he goes, though. Here, well, here's another interesting thing about that too. It's it's what lesson did Ezra learn from Obi Wan? And Ezra learned from Obi Wan that everybody in the rebellion has their duty, and Obi Wan's duty isn't to fight the rebellion anymore and to be this this guy that's going to rally the troops. His job is to protect Luke. That's his job. Ezra's job is to be there for his friends and and to fight with them. And if anything, in in the Maul storyline of of Ezra having this relationship with Maul, if anything came out of that relationship with Maul, it's the it's the information that he got of finding Obi Wan. And maybe the whole reason that he met and felt and got tempted to the dark side. And all this relationship with Maul was only to meet up with Obi-Wan to realize that his place 
is his place isn't with Obi-Wan. His place is to fight the rebellion with his friends and to be there for his friends. And that sets up Ezra in a good position to saying, okay, now I'm up against the biggest threat, which is Thrawn, and learning that he needs to be there and know where his place is and his role is in the rebellion makes him more effective in the season finale. That's why he's not doing what he did all this past season, which is trying to run off and do his own sure. thing. Which which he's been doing all season long. It's him Point saying, taken. "Okay, I'm, I'm here to st- I'm here to stay with my friends, and I'm going to do my duty." And that's it. Well, and then uh, continuing the Maul theme, Chad, you got some. Uh, so Darth Maul again has this comic out. It's in episode two now. Um, and Chad, I think you had some info on that. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot necessarily happened. Um, he's if you remember from issue number one. Uh, there's a there's a Jedi Padawan that has been captured and is going up for auction. And he, without Palpatine's knowledge, is going to go try to capture this Padawan, kill this Padawan, use it as an apprentice himself. Not really sure on what his purpose is. Um, but he, like Vader has done in the comics, um, is, tr- is working his own plans without, as far as he's aware, his master's knowledge um so he goes to this planet where this padawan is supposed to be auctioned off and he goes to a bar um trying to find out how to get into this this auction and the the race they are is a zabrak or zabrak z-a-b-r-a-k um is what he is and he runs into this bar and they you know as every cantina does in the star wars universe a fight breaks out um, and he contemplates bringing his lightsaber out and just killing everybody in a single blow. But he realizes if he does that, word of this, you know, lightsaber wielding being will reach Palpatine's ears. So he doesn't. He basically tries to beat them all up. Um, but then Cad Bane and Aurora Singh and Vordelio come to his aid. And as I read Cad Bane's voice, you know, words, I hear his voice from Clone Wars, which is a very iconic uh, voice for Cad Bane, kind of robotic. Uh, but he's a cool character. He's got the big sombrero kind of hat and the two pistols that he uses. Um, Bounty Hunter. And they help him to defeat these ruffians at the bar. And uh, Maul's like, okay, fine. I, You know, and any other day I might actually just kill you because... You know, I just want to, but I'll I'll use you to get me in. He gets into this little party where they're supposed to be doing uh, this uh, auction. And as he's preparing and getting ready to go in there, he's meditating on Cad Bane's ship and he has a flashback. Um, And immediately when they show the flashback, it shows uh, a giant city kind of looking in ruins with a pyramid in the background. And immediately reminded me of the final episode of season two, where Darth Maul and Kanan and Ezra and then Vader and Ahsoka battle with uh, some of the other uh, Sith. Um, oh, what are they called? The word is escape Inquisitors. Inquisitors. Um, and the giant battle takes place. And I wasn't sure that it was the same place, but that's what I thought immediately when I saw it. And what Maul is have happening here is his. He's having a flashback where Palpatine has brought the, him to this place. And he asks him if he knows this place. And he said, and uh, Maul says he's seen it in his dreams. And then Palpatine said it was here on this dead world that the Jedi struck a terrible blow against the Sith. Many of our order were struck down all because they wanted to be free. And then Maul kind of goes through this old chanting mantra um, that he has come up with. And uh, Palpatine... There are these, like, what looks like Pompeii when the, the volcano exploded and all the people were, like, covered in ash and they died and they're like statues. That's what it looks like. There's a bunch of people that way. And Palpatine turns one to ash and basically blows it into <laughs> Darth Maul's face and he breathes it in. And he tells him to breathe in the ash of the Empire that came before let the hate fill you. Um, and then he has these visions of these monstrous looking jedi they almost look zombi- zombified um different races but all with blue lightsabers coming after him and it's obviously it's a vision and a dream he's having um uh, but it's it talks about his hatred for the jedi growing 
immensely during that time. Um, and then he wakes up kind of from his meditation and he says he deserve the Sith deserve their revenge and I deserve my revenge. Um, and that's his motivation for getting this Padawan. So he goes into this place where they're doing the, the auction and there's huts there and there's all kinds of different uh, races and creeds that are there to, to buy this Padawan. Um, and the Padawan's name is Eldra Cadis. I don't know if that's a recognizable name or not. I'm assuming probably not. But while they're auctioning off this uh, Jedi or Padawan, Maul is in the air ducts and he has left the party and he's going to find this Padawan on his own. And he finds her. She's a Twi'lek and she's behind a force field, red force field. And it says he's so close to his enemy, so close to tasting retribution as I am now. And this uh, Jedi Padawan goes, who are you supposed to be? And that's how it ends. Uh, so he's he is within striking distance of getting this Padawan again. Why? The way it sounds after this, this issue is that he wants to kill her. Um, just Or maybe use her to get to someone else. But he definitely wants revenge and retribution for the Sith themselves. Um, and maybe something for him has happened in his past coming, you know, with Jedi that he is definitely, he hates the Jedi. I think that's his main motivation, you know, pre-Rebels, pre-Clone Wars, pre-Episode 1, is his hatred for the Jedi is super strong and Palpatine is using that and used that up to that point. So, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting comic. I've seen some people say that it's kind of underwhelming so far, but... No, I think if you know Maul's history through Rebels and Clone Wars a little more de- deeper, um, it means something a little more. So I'm enjoying it. I think it's good. The art's really cool too. Right, and that's the one thing that they haven't really explored with Maul is his pre pre Palpatine uh, life before he was recruited as right. a Sith. So that'd be interesting to see if she has some sort of connection to that. And that he's trying to get some revenge from his past life and what draw, drew him to the dark side in the first place. Right. Yep. So, great stuff with Maul out there. Uh, really great character. So, I'm glad that they did uh, that they did more with him. So, Yeah. Interested. Right. I'm interested hey, to see I... who... I'm interested to see who the new villain is in Rebel Season 4 is going to be. Well, I they're going to continue... I think Thrawn will survive this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a complaint, Chad, a beef, if you will, oh, with you. With me? Bring it. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as I know right now, at some point in Yoda's timeline, he's stuck, like, in a mountain. Yeah. A blue mountain. We we never got, like, the... I haven't... There's not been, uh, any kind of... No, the, uh... Didn't the next episode come out? And the next uh, comic? Yeah, I guess you're right. It must have not have been too yeah. exciting. I'll uh, I'll report I mean, in on that next week. Although, I believe you have that comic in your possession right I, now too. I do, but I it? want you to read it for me so mine stays mint, <laughs> mint condition in the uh, <laughs> in the little envelope. Uh, I well, don't worry. The what the way I got thing. the story is I read your comic. Before I put it in the envelope and send it to you, so my you, fingerprints are all you. over those pages. Uh, oh, you. <laughs> so uh, take that for your mint condition comic. <laughs> I would, I would say things, but I will not. Yeah, it's just gone the um, forever. <laughs> That's a good point. I'll, By the way, I'll look I, into I'm that. And lodge, we'll I'm it. gonna, I'm gonna lodge one more complaint. Okay, okay uh, on the uh, my last comic shipment. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm just gonna blast you. Somebody. I don't know how many I got from you. Let's say 10, maybe probably 15 for whatever reason. Uh, the revolution ones, you know, like the, yeah. the transformer and all, uh, put in back. Yeah, you know why? I don't understand. I can why. tell you why. I don't know why the UPC tell codes are on the back, not the front. So if I put it in front ways, I'd have to take it out, scan it and then put it back in and it could have got caught on the tape. It could have got bent. So once I put it in, I wanted it to be in one time and never have for me to ever have to take it out. I only read your Star Wars ones. I don't touch well, your others. I had, <laughs> I had to take them out and flip them well, around so I knew what again, it was. Again, I wanted you to have to be the one that did that, not didn't want me to be blamed for 
something not gone right, mm-hmm. you know. So I put them in the one way where I can scan. Wow, them. what great, what great customer yeah. service! What, right. what, what? Again, great I only read your Star Wars there. comics, not not Man, the other stuff. I got like two hundred stacks of these, like. <laughs> advertisement yeah. card I'm just things. trying to create you know so there's no shifting going on in the mail <laughs> yeah. so the comics don't move so I took these like they're basically postcards that add you know they give you some promotion yeah. for these comics that are coming out in the future and I just stuffed them in there I wedged them real tight yeah, in the box between the box yeah. and the comics so there's no shifting you know again as yeah. Beanup said wow you're like the MacGyver you're like the MacGyver shipping comics well, at first Brian. at first I got excited I thought I had like oh wait you like threw a bonus yeah in here. I mean they're while, cool you know? they got some art on there they yeah. tell you some dates of things yeah it's it's like 200 of like the same ones yeah again wedged them in there real tight <laughs> no shifting with and this this is the last complaint with the styrofoam peanuts which I specifically have asked hey. It's either no peanuts. It's either that or it, it's a big mess. Or I'm tearing and, a phone and book I have to up, clean it up. You know, and I think that's a federal offense. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe that is, but well, just ripping off the tag of a mattress. Just wait till maybe. next time. <laughs> no. All right. Um, Real tight. Just wedge but all them, no, it's, it's, them in. All right. So back to Star it, Wars now that Brian's done complaining. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know the only other thing I have left is Rogue One um, comes out uh, on digital. F- uh, Friday whoop, whoop. tomorrow. Um, so you guys gonna buy the, the time digital? Of this or are you recording? Wait? This recording. No, I get the digital. Really? And then I'll get the Blu-ray like down the road when it's on sale. Like Force Awakens, I have it on digital. I don't have it on really? disc. You know when they come out with the Blu-ray? I I have. It usually includes a digital copy. I have the digital Force Awakens. That is true. But you know. spoiled again. <laughs> So what I did is I wedged But that's in how the Oops. movie industry makes their money. That's <laughs> how the movie industry makes money is Brian, who bought the ticket twice to see it in theaters, buys the digital copy, then buys the Blu-ray with the digital copy. So they got a good 60, 70 that's bucks out of them. That's why they do the digital. Well, I'm, in, I'm, in, the next guy. I'm impatient. I want to like watch it like now. You know what that. I mean? Yeah. So that's why I get the digital. Right. And, and, you know, and again, I realize you're saying I can get the digital with the Blu-ray mm-hmm. disc, mm-hmm. but... Uh, but I have it. It's on my Xbox, and it's there. It's I can take it wherever I want, mm-hmm. which I understand I could still right. do. But I'd have to wait two weeks longer is, to do that. That. Is, that is the only thing that makes sense: the two weeks. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's all I got, folks. You got anything? I can't wait to see Rogue One again. I think I only saw it. I only saw it yeah. twice. So. I only saw it once. <laughs> Never, resign. Never, resign your uh, position right now. Not not my podcast host. Podcaster. Only saw. Once. I would. I tried. I just couldn't. I couldn't work it out with between work and family. It's you know it's difficult. Priorities, man. So. Yeah. Binab, you got anything else? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm looking forward to celebration next month and the next couple weeks. Why you're not gonna be there? We're no, going to see stuff, man. I'm excited, I'm excited to yeah, see the... They post we'll everything have exciting on exciting podcasts. Yeah, it's like being there. Yes, because right. these are not... No, we'll kidding. continue with the exciting no, podcasts. we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> B-Dob, I appreciate you staying awake for the entire thing uh, and keeping the sniffles down you. to a minimum. Real stormtrooper uh, you are. I got you. You're such a <laughs> stormtrooper. Yeah. Hey, hey, I have a... I have an added theory on the Ezra theory. Oh boy! At, now that we're talking about, it, I don't know if I should save it for this podcast or the next. But why, we talked about. You, oh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll save it for you. Yeah, you know, let, there let's you go. There give you us, go. leave us wanting more. Listeners, something to come back for. Yeah, yeah. Come I'll back think next it more week through. To hear the ramblings of B Knob. <laughs> more of it (laughs) no but uh we appreciate you we appreciate you listening uh hope you have a a good week be sure to come back next week and um we'll talk about some more star wars and chad's comic book shop see what you got to do is you take them on you wedge it in there real tight so there's no shifting (laughs) no movement you just wedge it and then you pack it with the peanuts ripped pack it on the peanuts just real tight bunch of them in there so when it opens it's like those snakes in the can they just poof out in Brian's yeah. face, and you know you don't get to see it and enjoy it, but you know it happened, and that's almost worthwhile. 
and then my kids think they're like the white little cheese pops yeah. and they're like trying to eat yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, yeah. survival of the fittest. I don't know. <laughs> they're biodegradable. Yeah. They'll be yeah. just fine. May the force be with you, everybody. All right. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Wedge them in there. Just, just real tight.